We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to Connecting Vets Daily for Thursday, November 8th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame, and coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Joe Chanelli, Executive Director of AMVETS. He's going to come and talk to us about the latest and greatest issues that AMVETS is taking on in the veteran service organization space. And then we're going to talk to a veteran, former United States Air Force Special Operator and current president of Article 15 Clothing and head of business development at Black Rifle Coffee Company and a guy with a delightful singing voice, JT, Jared Taylor, is going to be here on the show with us, going to talk to us about, well, Veterans Day, how he thinks about Veterans Day, what he thinks about on Veterans Day, and then we're going to talk about Black Rifle Coffee Company and Article 15 and what's coming up for them. I think they've got some pretty good things on the horizon for 2019 because, yeah, we're getting close to 2019. That's hard to believe. I still remember when it was turning the year 1990, and that was a big deal. Now, we're almost at 2020. Imagine that. And of course, as we move on in time, the news from around the world can get to us instantaneously. We can find out anything that's going on anywhere, pretty much, at any point in time. That's why we were talking about the Australian veterans turning down Virgin Australia Airlines' offer of early boarding for veterans. Something that I think a lot of us would certainly (laughs) take advantage of if it were offered. I know that the airlines in the United States often let people flying in uniform on ahead of time. uh, Give them, uh, you know, maybe the first upgrade to first class if one of those is available. That kind of thing. But we don't fly in uniform all that often. I think I did maybe once, twice in my entire time in the military. In fact, it was frowned upon by the military for a very long time. And I believe it, it pretty much still is. Part of that dating back to that uh, Navy diver who was on board an aircraft. The uh, people who hijacked it figured out that he was a member of the U.S. military and uh, they killed him. So we would be told about that a lot. And they would say, even if you're authorized to wear certain uniforms outside, don't wear them while you're traveling. Don't wear them on an aircraft. But anyway, I digress. So Virgin Airlines Australia attempted to basically show some appreciation to Australian veterans by allowing them advanced boarding and even recognizing them in pre-flight announcements. That's something most of us would not care for, I believe. But the Australian veteran community responded in the negative, saying, no, 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 we do not need that. That's not something that you need to do. And now, that was the original story, Now we've got some Australian veterans coming out and kind of attacking us, attacking the American veterans and saying things like, well, here's Australian author Mike Carlton said, it's a very American thing to do. We're not quite as loud or noisy as that. Almost any veteran I can think of would be hideously embarrassed by being singled out like that. Well, if they're talking about the pre-flight announcements, I think we could agree with that. But getting on the plane like that, eh, some people would take advantage of it. Some people wouldn't. But not quite as loud or noisy as Americans. 
I know a lot of Australians. I've been around quite a few Australians. They are some of the most boisterous, loud people I've ever met in my life. Obviously, I think this guy's talking about in regards to their veteran status, that Australian veterans you know, are less likely to be walking around wearing a T-shirt about how they were in the Australian Army or whatever the case may be. Is that true? I don't know. Don't live in Australia. Never been to Australia. Uh, but it's an interesting thing, and you've got other people responding. Here's a guy on Twitter that we've got on the story on ConnectingVets.com named Sam Sylvester. This whole idea is just gross. The worst bits of American-style nationalism and crappy political marketing completely turns me off Virgin as a brand. Political marketing? Is Virgin Australia running for office down there? How, how would this be political for them? I don't think that's the right word to use there. Uh, gross, worst bits of American-style nationalism. Okay, crappy political marketing completely turns me off Virgin as a brand. Well... Is that the overall uh, uh, train of thought for Australian veterans? Don't know, but I know that enough of them spoke out or enough of them were noticed, and sometimes that's the key. Remember, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Virgin has taken back that whole thing, saying they're very mindful to the response that our announcement about recognizing people who have served in defense has had today. It was a gesture genuinely done to pay respects to those who have served our country. And, of course, then you get people saying, well, you know, you shouldn't recognize people who serve the country. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, I don't know, man. It's one of those things. I typically don't take advantage of any uh, thing that's offered to veterans. I don't go and get the free breakfast on Veterans Day. It's just not something I really think about doing. Um, I do not. Uh, what, what, what was the other thing that just popped into my head of things that I don't do that are offered to veterans? I don't know, man. It's just not my thing. For some people, it is. And okay, there you go. And if it's offered, you are more than welcome to take advantage of it. I just don't know if I like our Australian counterparts coming back and throwing, uh, as the kids say, throwing some shade at the American veterans. You know, it's uh one, we're a little bit different than them, our military. Our military is a bit more active than the Australian military is. But why do you need to take a shot at us and the way that we do things? That's not very nice. And I do wonder if it is truly the overarching opinion of the Australian veteran community or if there are just some loud activists out there saying, no, we don't want this. This is awful. This is American nationalism and jingoism and all that stuff. Uh, either way, maybe stop taking shots at us. How about that, Australia? What do you say? Our, uh, no, they're not Kiwis. Kiwis are New Zealanders. Our kangaroo friends? I don't know what the Australians are called. Our friends from down under with Vegemite and all that good stuff. Speaking of our friends, Russia? Not necessarily our friends, particularly militarily, I would say. And this week, a Russian fighter jet came dangerously close to a Navy P-3 reconnaissance plane over the Black Sea. There's actually video of this released by the Navy. It shows the Su-27 coming up on the EP-3 Ares starboard side. That's the right for all you non-sailors out there. During what the Navy said was a routine Monday mission in international airspace. International airspace, everybody's allowed to do what they want to do, right? But you're supposed to do things safely, and the Russians clearly did not. Came in very close to this. Uh, the Russian pilot then banks to the right, hits the afterburners, and forces the Navy crew based at Suda Bay, a place that I'm very familiar with. It's a naval air station there, and there's also a, there's also a port, but it's not as active. Uh, and made that plane fly through its wash of the afterburners, which 
If you've ever been on turbulence, uh, been on an airplane and had turbulence, maybe a Virgin Australia airplane that no Australian veteran got on early, you know? Maybe if you flew through uh, turbulence and you thought, wow, this is a bumpy flight, imagine that multiplied, and that's what this P3 crew would have gone through over this. And it brings up an interesting thing. Navy Times, our buddy Jeff Zizulowitz over there, saying that there are people sh saying this shows a return to Cold War-style interactions between the United States and Russia. I don't know if this ever really left. I mean, if you look into it, you'll find that Russian bombers are fairly regularly invading American airspace up in Alaska. Thing is, happens up in Alaska. It's not part of the contiguous 48 states. Alaska's, it's part of our country, but it's kind of in its own little world. You know, that's why there's a million TV shows about the strange folk that decide to live alone at the border of the Arctic Circle, you know? being friends with polar bears, having parties with uh, snow monsters and whatever else is going on up there. The Russians have come into our airspace tons of times over the last, well, forever, basically. They've been doing it dating back to the Cold War. Sometimes we scramble planes, sometimes we don't. This is also something that eh, 20 years ago, just under the weekend that I arrived at Naval Air Station Keflavik, Iceland, a Russian bear, which is a bomber, one of those big old prop plane B-52 style, like their equivalent of the B-52, came into Icelandic airspace, and they scrambled F-16s from Naval Air Station Keflavik, because yes, there are aircraft there from the United States Air Force. They scrambled them to go up and intercept this thing. They shot video of it. That was pretty crazy. The first day I went into work, even before I went to command in-doc class, there was video that everybody was looking at of a Russian bomber that came perilously close to Iceland. Uh, so this was happening 20 years ago. It's happened 10 years ago, five years ago. This is a little bit more aggressive, but we've also seen stories like this in the past with Russian planes buzzing uh, United States naval vessels that are out in the ocean. They just kind of do it. Here's something I wonder. Do we ever do that? It's possible. You know, the Russian Navy ships being buzzed by a, uh, a United States Air Force or Navy aircraft. Does that happen? And do we just not hear about it? I don't know. I would think that the Russian press would report on it. would also think it's less likely to happen because the Russian Navy is not nearly as active as the United States Navy is as far as their uh, deployments and operations go. They're also uh, a little bit more limited. They have one aircraft carrier, the Admiral Kuznetsov, which if you haven't looked into this thing, if you are uh, interested in anything to do with the military or the Navy, check out the Admiral Kuznetsov. Just Google it. Google Russian aircraft carry and it'll come up. The thing basically rarely moves on its own power. It's pulled around by tugboats most of the time. They they have not had this thing fully operational for quite a long time. And you can always see it coming. You know why? Because it pours black smoke <laughs> out of the stacks on the ship pretty much constantly. They've also had several fires on there and other things going on. So, you know, it's apples and oranges when you're talking about the American and Russian Navy. But in this case, you've got a Russian Air Force pilot coming perilously close to a naval, uh, naval aircraft. And a P-3 is not as maneuverable as a fighter jet. That's the thing that I think probably makes the P-3 crews even more worried about something like this when it happens. That fighter jet, if that guy makes a mistake, it happens fast, and the P-3 is going to be very limited in what they can do to try to avoid. Because, again, it's a prop plane. It's got four prop engines on it, I believe. Two? Two? Four? 
Uh, two, I think. Yeah, there you go. The P- I'm trying to think back. I've been around P3s a lot and been on a few, but it, 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 they're limited in their maneuverability, whereas the fighter jet isn't. And this fighter jet also, by turning and then hitting the afterburners, basically intentionally caused uh, a dangerous situation to the P3 aircraft. Think about it like you see someone walking on the side of the road and you're in, a, you're in a vehicle and there's a puddle and you intentionally splash into that puddle to splash the stuff on them. It's a little bit more dangerous than that when you're moving at a few hundred miles an hour, though, right? Yeah. It's worth keeping an eye on, but again, it's something that has been happening in very remote stretches of U.S. airspace where the Russians have been invading our airspace repeatedly and it's something that, uh, you know... Just when it happens like this and it's caught on video, makes a little bit more of a wave when it comes to the news. Now, here's a story that I think ties into one of the big legislative pushes for the veteran service organizations like the VFW, AMVETS, the American Legion, particularly those who have a high number of members who served during the Vietnam War. The Vietnam government and the United States government announced that they have completed cleanup of Agent Orange from the Da Nang Airport. Yes, the Da Nang Airport, a place where no U.S. forces have been for, what, 50 years now? Something like that? Pretty close to it? 45 years? Agent Orange was still affecting the area around that. There were warning signs around it. So now, here we are, you know, 40-plus years later. Let's go with that one. And they just announced that the joint cleanup effort has finally completed. This is trace amounts of this chemical, which were still a danger to people. And we're over there working to help out with it, as we should be. You know, we were the ones who brought the stuff over there. You help clean it up. I teach my son that all the time. You're the one who spilled Legos all over the floor. You're the one who's going to pick them up. That's kind of the way that it works, right? Here's the thing that sticks out to me about this. While we are working in concert with the Vietnamese government to clean up this Agent Orange and make sure it's safe for the population over there in Da Nang, we're still struggling to get legislation put forth to help our sailors that were much more directly affected by Agent Orange. Those who were handling it, those who were around it, sitting just off the coast of Vietnam. And there are numerous ways that they came into contact with it. Whether it was airborne, wafting over from the coast, whether it was in the water and came into the water systems, uh, the filtration systems on the ships, where Navy ships develop clean water, that water maybe not so clean. And of course you have those, the aviation ordnance men and all the other folks that work with the aircraft who were around aircraft and ordnance that was filled with Agent Orange that they were handling and putting onto those aircraft. That is... Uh, stunning to me, stunning to me that we still are saying, and it's not we, it's the government, it's the VA specifically who knows that this is going to cost them a lot of money, money that they say they just don't have, but they will sit there and argue about it and say, well, there's no way to prove that it was in the water now. Yeah, because it's 45 years later. You could have proved it back then. Nobody thought to do it. That's not the fault of those blue water Navy sailors who were sitting off the coast. Absolutely has nothing to do with them. So if our government is willing to go over to Vietnam, a place that we were at war with 45 years ago, and now I wouldn't call them an ally, but we certainly have normalized relations with Vietnam. You know, it's not like North Korea. You can go to Vietnam anytime you want. And from uh, everything I understand from Vietnam vets who've gone back over there, they're treated fairly well by the Vietnamese people. But 
why is our government willing to spend however much money on this to clean up the space around the airport? Again, as we should, but not willing to spend the money to help out those Blue Water Navy sailors who were directly affected by Agent Orange. Seems to be a disconnect there for me. Seems to me that they should be willing to do both. They should be willing to spend money on the cleanup as well as spend money on helping our service members. And in fact, to me, and this is just my selfish, uh, you know, nationalistic opinion, as the Australian veterans might say, I think that those sailors, their health should come before the cleanup of the Da Nang airport. That's just how I view it. I think that those who put it on the line for the United States of America in the United States Navy who were affected by this chemical have suffered from the same illnesses and diseases that those who were boots on the ground did should be taken care of before anything and anyone else when it comes to Agent Orange. Yet here we are announcing a good thing that the cleanup at Da Nang Airport for Agent Orange uh, uh, contamination is finally done four plus decades later, but four plus decades later, we've got nothing going for those sailors who were affected by this. That's unacceptable to me. Maybe now they can uh, take the money that they were spending on that and spend it on those sailors. I don't know. I just know it needs to get taken care of, and it needs to get taken care of ASAP. We talked yesterday, of course, about the elections. You probably are not aware, but there were. Uh, it was an election day on Tuesday. Not a lot of people talked about it. Not a lot of people very interested in it. But the number of vets who got elected, freshman veteran in Congress, pretty awesome. A number getting up there, including, like, Three members that we've had, uh, three candidates, now members of Congress, that we had on this show. 77 veterans won elections across the country. You also had 15 incumbent veterans in the Senate who did not face election. So that's 92 veterans, as of right now, who will be part of the 116th session of Congress when it starts in January. As of today, or sorry, as of yesterday, 10 races that involved veteran candidates were still too close to be called. So you have the possibility with those 92 of if the 10 veterans win each election, win each election that's still too close to call, it will be 102 veterans in office. How likely is it that all 10 of them win? Not very. There's a few that are a couple percentage points behind. They're going to do the recalls. And typically when that happens, nothing changes, kind of stays the same. But if all 10 did win, again, not very likely. That would put us at 102 veterans for the 116th session of Congress. We had 102 veterans at the start of the 115th session of Congress. So if this unlikely thing happens of all 10 veterans in races that are stu still too close to call win, we will only equal the number of veterans in Congress. If the more likely happens and a few, maybe half, maybe more of them don't make it into office, that number will be down. Despite the fact that we have all these new freshman members of Congress who are veterans and more younger veterans in there, the overall number of veterans, as it stands right now, is likely to go down. Something that I didn't think about yesterday when I was reading through the list of names of people who were elected, people who were reelected, the fact that now there may actually be fewer overall veterans in Congress. Now, it makes sense for statistical reasons because, of course, the World War II generation, they've generally left us. There are, I don't believe, any World War II veterans still serving in Congress. I could technically be wrong about that, but I don't believe so. Korean War veterans, they're getting older. Vietnam veterans, they're getting older. 
The younger veterans, okay, the number of them increased, that's good. But the number of people who served in Vietnam, Korea, and World War II overall, so much higher than the number of people who've served in the post-9-11 era. Might not seem like it, again, because you see the military on the news all the time. The military is much smaller than it was during any of those conflicts. The number of people deployed boots on the ground is much lower than it was in any of those three contests. Those three conflicts, I should say, not contests. So that's an interesting thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about all the veterans going into Congress. We've talked about it, certainly. But we still might see the overall number decline. A little bit shocking. Just a little bit. The Army is having some issues with recruiting. I think every branch of the military, even the Marine Corps, is kind of like, eh, they're still making their goals, but it's getting a little bit tougher. There are a number of reasons for that. The physical health of our young people is certainly a major one. You've got a lot of things that are, are contributing to this. But the Army, according to Army Times, is looking at a couple of things to address their recruiting shortfalls. One, they want more recruiters. I guess that makes sense, but if if your recruiters that you have now are not able to bring in the, uh, the the required number of people. If you're asking for more recruiters, are you saying that those recruits are out there, but these recruiters just don't have time to get to everybody? I don't know about that. I don't know if more recruiters is the answers. Uh, will it hurt? I don't know. You'd be pulling more people away from those units that are uh, operational and going over to do things and taking care of stuff and training. But that's what they're looking for. Bigger budget. That's a big one. You know, advertising is a big deal. The Marine Corps are the best at advertising. We all know that. Everyone who joined the Marines after like 1990 joined up thinking they were going to be issued a sword and fighting fire dragons on a bridge. It's true. We all know that. That's what the Marine Corps is all about. Fighting fire dragons on a stone bridge with a sword. And as Joe Chinelli will tell us in just a little bit, that's pretty much what he did during his time in the Marine Corps. Here's the, the, the biggest part of it, though. Well, in my eyes, the most fun part of it. The Army is looking for a better slogan. Huh. Which is fascinating because they've changed it several times during my lifetime. You remember the jingle, if you're my age, from back when you were a kid? Be all that you can be. Get an edge on life in the Army. That stuck with me. That one I still remember. Of course, then it changed a couple times. Army of one. That's that's not one that I ever liked. I never never understood that. I kind of understood what they were trying to say, that the army turns you into uh, uh, the Swiss army knife, as it were. Uh, and Joe Chanelli asking on Facebook Live, no, we did not have dragon fighting in Navy boot camp. We spent most of our time firefighting, water survival, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, army of one was like, yeah, we'll turn you into a, a multi-pronged professional. Okay, well, why do you need to tell them that? Shouldn't they know that? But Army of One was mocked by a lot of the other branches when it came out because the Army's supposed to be all about teamwork, right? Then they changed it to Army of One. Why? Eh, you get the feeling there's probably some general in charge of the uh, the slogan office of the Army or whatever saying, ah, you know, this I, I need to make my mark. I need to make my mark on the Army or nobody will remember General whatever his name or her name was, somebody that nobody remembers. Army of One comes out. The, the Navy did it uh, several times as well. It's not just a job. It's an adventure. Uh, America's Navy, a global force for good. That's the one today, which is so vague and nondescriptive. 
I mean, it, it's nice. Yeah, we're a global force for good. We do a lot of things. We do uh, relief when there's uh, uh, natural disasters around the world. We do all of those things. But again, you could do a little bit more good than that, a little bit better than that, I think. But somebody's getting paid a lot of money to come up with slogans like that. So what do you think the Army's slogan should be? I was thinking about it, and I don't know. They went from Army of One to Army Strong. Um, maybe just up update that. Army really strong. Kind of like a Hulk type of thing. There you go. Crack a deal with Marvel. Get Hulk in the uh, in the recruiting ads. Army real strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's interesting that... The two branches who I think have done the least to change their slogans and their marketing campaigns are the two most successful with recruiting. The Navy and Army don't seem to see a correlation between the Air Force and Marine Corps kind of going with what works instead of changing things up all the time and the fact that they do better with recruiting. I I see a correlation there, but people getting paid a lot of money to check into things like that apparently do not. Hmm. Well, that ends our first segment of Connecting Vets Daily. I keep wanting to say uh, the other name. That which shall not be named now, but going to try not to. Still to come on the show, we are going to talk to Joe Chanelli, Executive Director of AMVETS. But first, JT from Black Rifle Coffee Company, former United States Air Force Special Operator, current President of Article 15 Clothing and Director of Business Development at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Also, just a talented, fun guy who has a lot of good videos out there. He's got uh, some musical videos, too. I don't know if you knew that, but he plays the guitar and he sings and all that good stuff. All of that still to come on this edition of the show. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Connecting Vets Daily from Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets Every Day is the slogan, and it's what we do. And you know where we're doing it. On the website, SillyConnectingVets.com, but also on social media. If you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know, the big four, still working on that MySpace profile, we are at Connecting Vets. And everything that we're working on, and also things that other people are working on that we find to be of interest, of note, and of use to veterans, you're going to find it right there on those pages. So go ahead and give us a little click on your mouse or tap on your phone at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That little click, that little tap could change your life for the better. Our next guest is one of the founders of, well, a couple of different companies, probably best known for Article 15 Clothing and Black Rifle Coffee Company. He is JT. And JT, good morning. How are you doing today? Great, great. Pleasure to be here. So happy. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure to speak with you. And, you know, as we arrive upon Veterans Day weekend, let me ask you, as a veteran yourself, of course, having served in the Air Force, actually, you know what? Let's start there. Let's not assume that everybody knows exactly what JT did while he was serving. Give us a little bit of your background, you know, where you're from, when you joined, and what you did while you were serving in the Air Force and aiming high. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, specifically Kitsap County, which is the Kitsap Peninsula. Uh, right across the water of uh, Seattle, uh, and graduated North Kitsap High School from Paulsville, Washington, went directly into the Air Force. Uh, and while I was in basic training, I got plucked from my job that I was assigned at MEPS and was uh, offered the opportunity to try out for one of the Air Force's specialty combat jobs, which was called TACP, the Tactical Air Control Party Specialist. Uh, the guys in the Air Force in charge of calling in airstrikes for Army maneuver units. Uh, luckily, I made it through 
that course somehow and ended up at Fort Bragg, North Carolina in support of the 82nd Airborne. Of course, serving in that capacity and deploying in that capacity, it's one of those high-speed jobs in the special operations community. Uh, You've seen a lot of the world. You've seen a lot of things while serving in the Air Force and afterwards. And, of course, the veteran community is still a big part of your life. So as we arrive at Veterans Day weekend, tell me, what does Veterans Day mean to you? What do you think about when this holiday comes around every year? I think this is this is the this is the the positive one. You know, uh, you've got Memorial Day, and Memorial Day is for when we kind of reflect on the people that didn't come home and the friends and family that we had that that paid the ultimate sacrifice. But with Veterans Day, this is the one where we can just celebrate the 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 kind of massiveness and, and coolness it is to be part of the U.S. military and to be. A veteran, you're part of the you know, most massive military in the world, the most sophisticated and technologically advanced, uh, with so many different moving parts. And I think this is this is that time to just kind of reflect on it and and, and be happy about it. Is there anything that comes to mind specifically when you think about those happy times, those veteran times, when you think about that brotherhood and sisterhood that we had when we were serving in the military? Is there anything specifically that comes to mind when you think about Veterans Day and try to think back on some of those most positive memories? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of funny because the, the life cycle of, of most military people, regardless of what your job is, at one point, you're all doing something that you wouldn't necessarily really wanting, wanting to be doing, but you're all kind of stuck there together. You know, I'm talking about those times when you're out training and it's pouring rain and everybody's cold and you're sitting in a hole, you know, pulling security or something like that, or, you know, where we just finished a two hour low level and everybody's just miserable in the back of a C-130 and we're all ready to jump. It's just those times where you look left and right and you're sharing the misery with, with, with some close friends and, uh, I, I think those are the times that make me laugh the most. Of course, you didn't get out all that long ago, right? When when did you actually leave the Air Force? I separated November 2017. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking just a year ago. You know, on this Veterans Day and this time of reflection, how much are you missing it? How much have you missed it since you left that year ago uh, this, this November? Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily miss it all that much because... As you know, the the job I have on the outside is almost very similar because I'm surrounded by the same type of people and we work the same way that we kind of worked when we were in the military. So it wasn't a crazy culture shock for me. Uh, I also kind of weaned myself out of it. In 2015, I had transferred into the Air National Guard and finished up my last two years in the Washington State Air National Guard, which was kind of fun for me because I got to go back home and be part of my home state's National Guard unit. And you got to go back to uh, Tacoma, where a majority of my friends that I graduated high school with are still all local to there. So it was a, it was a very fun kind of transition going to the Guard and then getting out. But, I mean, the, the most stuff I miss is just the, the kind of – adrenaline and and just cool coolness of when you're getting together with a bunch of people and specifically like the last few years when i was in the guard we were working a lot with uh coalition foreign countries so you know getting to work with the british with the canadians with the kiwis the australians the estonians latvians 
uh, it was just cool. When you're all kitted up and everybody's getting in a helicopter to go do some cool training or something fun and control some airstrikes, like, it's just it's really cool. When it comes to Veterans Day, a lot of people have different ways of celebrating it. Some of them just take a moment to reflect. Some of them go out and get involved in the parades or whatever else is going on. What does JT do to celebrate Veterans Day? Is there anything specific you have planned? Uh, this year, you know, uh, every year we get some cool invites to speak or, or do some things. And I think this year we're going down to Austin and we're going to be uh, part of Honest Veterans Day celebration, which is a uh, health and wellness supplement company. Uh, and they invited us down. I, I believe Tim Kennedy and Dakota Meyer will be down there with us. So uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun. It'll be fun to be around, you know, some of our friends in the community. That does sound like a really fun time with uh, one former guest of the show, maybe a future one in Dakota. I haven't talked to him yet. But, you know, when we talked uh, briefly before about the business that you're involved in and how that's kind of kept you from missing the military because it is so similar, of course, you being part of the team at Article 15, Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, and the Drinking Bros podcast, and all the successful endeavors that you have along with Evan Hafer, Matt Best, Daniel Holloway, the rest of the team over there. Um, you know, when we think about Veterans Day and we think about, uh, you know, recognizing veterans, that's fantastic, but... What do you think, in general, the community can do to kind of uh, give veterans a hand or give veterans recognition that might help them on a path towards success like uh, your team has had over there? Do you think there's anything that we can do uh, to help our fellow veterans and for the civilian community to help them along as well? I mean, uh, first thing first thing is, is we're at a record number of veterans getting out and, and starting small businesses. So just being conscious of of who some of your veterans are in your local area. And if they opened up a, a barbecue shop or a restaurant or, or, or some sort of endeavor, just, you know, roll by and check it out because they guarantee the customer service and the product is going to be at a very high standard, you know, coming from somebody that spent a number of years in the military where excellence is expected and you're, you're, you're constantly taught to perform checks and balances on yourself to make sure that you're performing correctly. So, just giving a lot of attention to veteran-owned businesses and, and be kind of knowing what's local to you. Uh, and that's, that's a starting point, I think. If there were a message that you could give to your fellow vets out there on this Veterans Day, just to everybody in general, what would that message be? It would be if you are thinking about separating or getting out soon, or even even if you're not, even if you think you have six, seven, eight years left, uh, every time you get off you get off shift or you get off work, you should start thinking about what it is you really want to do. And every day, you should be doing something that pushes you forward towards whatever it is that that goal is. You know, so just consciously knowing that hey, military life is not going to be the be all end all and eventually it's going to come to the time for you to retire and what are you going to do or or even just separate and what are you going to do after that and don't wait until you know you're three months out to start putting a resume together and or start think it just just letting that thought come into your head of what you're going to do next and, i mean i would i would hope uh you're con constantly thinking about what it is that you your dream job would be and then what you could do to push yourself to that to that goal and using some of the resources and the connections and programs that the military has to offer to help you get there.
Right. And of course, the veteran service organizations, they offer a lot of great programs, too. There are a lot of things to help people try to get to their dream job. Of course, we're speaking with Jared J.T. Taylor. He is part of the team over at Black Rifle Coffee Company, Article 15 Clothing, the Drinking Bros podcast. You've kind of lived your dream job since getting out of the military. It sounds like even before you left the military, you really started on that. Is it just as fun today as it was the day that you started? Uh, it's, it's a different, it's, it's a constant evolving animal. Uh, but it's it, because it's so different. You know, when we started, it was, I was, I was spending hours a day editing and running cameras and uh, doing Photoshop and coming up with, you know, how, how are we going to create our newest advertisements or how are we going to, what's our next video going to be and things like that. Whereas, you know, the, the evolution now is, is me, Matt and Evan are, brainstorming and planning and, and, and showing out a bunch of ideas. And now we have a lot more help with people to make these ideas happen. So it's, it's evolved, but it's always just been fun because it's a very hyper creative outlet for us. Because your team has such a good time. And I mean, anyone who's not following uh, everybody involved with black rifle, like JT, Matt best, Evan Hafer, uh, if they're not following you on social media, they're missing out on some uh, sometimes inappropriate, but always funny content out there. The fact that you guys have so much fun at work and do such a great job with the videos and everything else that you've done, uh, do people ever kind of wonder, is it is it at all work? And do you think it would surprise people to know how much work it actually takes to do everything that you guys are doing? Absolutely. Uh, most people that visit us are in shock what a normal day looks like. So they, a lot of people just assume that it is uh, us running around the building just laughing and filming stuff but no i mean there's a lot of planning a lot of production needs a lot of things that go into you know getting that finished product out to the the airwaves to for them to watch it and it's like there's hours upon hours of work i believe you know no less than than 20 hours was put in by matt himself on the most recent halloween video we did uh just for editing so it's like there's a lot there's a lot that goes into getting those finished products out. Of course, you're kind of a subject matter expert in the the art of business as it is today in the modern era where social media played such a big part in the success that you've had and it, it does it seem like now you can't just be a company with a great product that you have to go that extra mile and you kind of have to have that online presence uh, is, is that important? How important do you think that is to the the entrepreneurs out there who think they might want to start something up? Well, it's, uh, it, it comes back down to even, even with technology now, it never changed the fact that no matter what your product or your brand is, you better wake up every morning with the mindset of how do I get in front of more potential customers today? And if you're not doing that, then you're not going to see uh, success because the whole point, you could have the best product, but if nobody knows it exists, nobody knows that they can buy it. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're just hoarding a nuclear powered iPhone that you never <laughs> have to charge again in your house and no one knows that you have it, but you, you can build them for, you know, five bucks and <laughs> it's, it's pointless to have an amazing product at that point. So uh, my best advice to future entrepreneurs is, your entire mindset needs to be every morning I wake up, I need to be thinking about how I get in front of more potential customers. 
Certainly wise words from someone who's had a lot of success. We're speaking with Jared Taylor, a.k.a. JT, from the team over at Article 15 Clothing, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, you've had so many fires going over the last few years. There's so many things that you've been involved in. And as you said, it keeps evolving as well. So let me ask you, what is the future for Article 15, for Black Rifle Coffee Company? We're getting close to the end of 2018. What do you think 2019 holds in store for all your endeavors? Uh, 2019, you will see a lot more content coming out of us. You know, we are, we are kicking around developing our own show that we will just load online. Uh, we're, we're kicking around a lot of new concepts uh, of just funny videos, comedy videos, uh, reoccurring uh, like weekly episodes of, of different, different styles. And then, of course, with the podcast, we're, we're consistently uh, pushing out video with, with the show. So uh, you're just going to see more comedy and, and fun stuff coming out of the team. And that comedy and fun stuff promotes some truly great products, whether it comes to clothing, whether you're talking about delicious coffee from Black Rifle Coffee Company. They've got a lot of stuff going on out there, and it's all pretty much good. JT, if people want to find out more about your endeavors, if they want to find out more about you, they want to find out about those fun videos and the podcast and all the other good stuff, what's the best place or places for people to go to find out about your team and what you guys are all about? Yeah, you've got blackriflecoffee.com, uh, article15clothing.com. And if you search on YouTube, Drinking Bros Podcast, you can find their show on there, which is a very uh, hard comedy-based show, super fun. Uh, and if you're looking for me, I'm on Instagram at jtarticle15. All right there. And now we've got two rapid-fire questions for those who do follow you on social media. I told somebody I was talking to you today, and they wanted to ask you, what was the bet that you lost that made you decide to get the new facial hair that you've been rocking on Instagram lately? Now, that was not uh, a lost bet at all. <laughs> that, was, that was me preparing to go to uh, a NASCAR race. Oh. <laughs> so I just... I just wanted to do something fun that made me feel like I assimilated with a general fan base. That, well, one of the comments I saw from someone was that uh, throw a leather hat and a vest on him, and that's one of the village people right there. Hey, you was... know what? I might have to try that. It's, <laughs> that could be a good look between, for one of those videos. It was between that, and I'll share with you one of the photos because I also bought a, uh, just a full red Adidas tracksuit. So it's oh, like, boy. right now we're just having fun. Like Evan, Evan has come up with instructor Earl this year. So we're trying to kind of find some new characters within the group that we can start pushing out. Man. And uh, pretty soon I'll be debuting a very special character we call Jim Kennedy, which is Tim Kennedy's older brother, who's a way better fighter and a oh, way no. better. <laughs> you know, you know, he might kill you over that. <laughs> oh, uh, trust me. I, 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 I got permission first. Uh, <laughs> That's a smart thing to do with that man. He was laughing. He was laughing so hard when I was pitching him the videos I was going to do that I was like, all right, I'm on point with it. <laughs> well, that is fantastic. And again, a team of characters over there having a great time, but also having a, a great success with their businesses and doing things the right way. Jared J.T. Taylor of Black Rifle Coffee Company, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time, man. Thank you, Eric. I had a blast.
You're listening to Connecting Vets Daily here on Intercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets Every Day is the slogan. And check us out on social media. That's where you can make the most connections, right? Well, we are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Again, give us a little click, tap, follow, do all that good stuff, and you will see the best veteran news, benefits, information, programs. Listen, no matter what you're looking for, we've got it on the website. I promise you that. And if I'm wrong, well, my apologies, but I'm not. I'm absolutely not. If you're looking for a job, man, we can put you in touch with organizations like Hire Heroes USA. We can, uh, you know, you can get a blueprint from the veterans who have had success either in the corporate world or in the entrepreneurial field. I mean, there are a lot of things out there for you, and we are gathering them all at ConnectingVets.com as kind of a resource hub for vets out there and a news hub and a, a talk hub. You know, things that you want to discuss. Talkers, as they call them in the news industry. Oh, that story's a talker. People will be standing around the water cooler talking about that one, they say. That was probably how things worked back when Larry O'Rourke and Richard Leonard were serving. They are World War II veterans up in Woodstock, Vermont. They live in an assisted living facility. And why am I telling you about Larry and Richard? Well, they are trying to do something to help out some veterans. They're preparing to send care packages to Marines who were recently deployed to Norway. O'Rourke served in the Army Corps of Engineers as a staff sergeant in World War II. Leonard served in the United States Air Force. And they say, hey, you know what? We didn't see combat during our service because even though you think about World War II veterans as all being infantrymen or sailors who were on battleships getting into big fights and planes flying combat sorties, not all of them were. These two weren't, but... They say the impact that the military had on their lives and relationships was profound. So profound that WBAL in uh, Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, is reporting that they have decided they are going to do whatever they can to provide their fellow, well, I guess not veterans, but provide military members with encouragement. You know what catches my eye about this story besides the awesomeness of two World War II vets at an assisted living facility spending their time working to help out those Marines who are deploying? You know what they call the Marines in this story? Soldiers. Yeah. They say that they uh, this act of kindness that they hope will provide their fellow soldiers with encouragement. All right. So, one, uh, Leonard, who is a World War II veteran, so really Army Air Corps, but considers himself an Air Force veteran, as most Army Air Corps folk do. They were kind of the precursor to the Air Force, which was developed in the uh, the days following World War II. He's an airman. He's not a soldier, so he wouldn't have fellow soldiers if he considers himself an Air Force vet. Uh, and certainly those Marines are not soldiers. But that's one of those things that the civilian population doesn't really understand until the moment that they call a Marine a soldier or a sailor a soldier. <laughs> It seems to be the catch-all that the media and the civilian population uses to describe us a lot of the time. But, of course, it's not accurate. I was not a soldier, even though I wore Army uniforms for a significant period of time in the United States Navy. I was still a sailor. I wasn't a soldier. I might have worked for the Army. I might have gotten an Army Commendation Medal before I got a Navy Achievement Medal. But, dang it, I was still a sailor. I was never a Marine, never a soldier, never an airman. Of course, it can get confusing in the Navy. In the Navy, we do have airmen, just like in the Air Force. (laughs) Through E3, if you work in the air community, if you ever see a sailor with green stripes on their shoulders, 
They won't have a crow because petty officers, it's always the crow and then the red stripe on the dress uniforms or the black on the, uh, um, uh, what, what's the black one on? Well, I guess we don't have that. No, Dress Whites has the black ones on there. They probably call it navy blue or whatever. But if they are E3 or below and work in the air department, they are called airmen. Airman recruit, airman apprentice, and airman. Those are three ranks in the Navy. That will really throw someone off when you're calling them an airman, but they're actually a sailor, and then the Air Force is like, wait, what? They're ours? Do we have control of that asset? No, you don't. Here's an interesting story. Speaking of the Marines, Duncan Hunter. We've talked about him on the show several times. Of course, a representative in Southern California who is facing uh, accusations and has been charged with uh, fraudulent activities, using campaign finance to pay for personal stuff. He's the one who there were apparently texts or emails from his wife saying that, you know, hey, just buy yourself a pair of shorts at the pro shop because he forgot shorts on a vacation to Hawaii. How do you do that? I mean, come on, man. You're, you're supposed to be prepared. You're a Marine. You're showing up to Hawaii without any shorts? <laughs> Why was he wearing snow pants? What did he think the weather was going to be in Hawaii when he got there? But anyway, didn't have shorts. His wife allegedly sent him these messages saying, well, just go buy a pair at the pro shop using this uh, card that they have with like campaign money on it. Say that you're buying something for veterans. Say that you're buying golf balls for veterans. So basically telling him to lie about it. Both of them might face jail time. And of course, Duncan Hunter as a representative was up for election on Tuesday. So there's no way he'd be elected into office when he's facing prison time, right? Wrong. Won by about eight and a half points out there. Uh, his competitor saying, I will not concede until all the votes have been counted. There's not 8% of the votes left to be counted, so it's over. Duncan Hunter won. Whether he's going to uh, do prison time or not, you don't know. I mean, he still has to go to trial for this. That was uh, announced it was going to take place after the election. He still ran. Now, if he does uh, do time or anything like that and he has to leave office, then the governor of California will call a special election, and they'll do it all over again. But interesting. He was one of the most interesting congressional uh, elections out there for that reason, you know. He was an incumbent uh, in a very conservative district, and he won, as was kind of expected uh, that he would. So, you know, Duncan Hunter gets the win out there, and we'll, we'll still see what happens. That's almost as interesting as Dennis Hoff. You know him from the show Cat House on HBO, the legal pimp at the brothels out in Nevada? He died a month before the election, yet was still elected. People didn't like his opponent that much. Seen some people saying, well, maybe they didn't know that, uh, that he had died. Or maybe they did, and they still weren't voting for the other person. Because it happened so close to the election, there was no way for anybody else to get in there. So Hoff stayed on the ballot. That's the law in Nevada. Interesting stuff. All of it's interesting. Also thankful that all of it's mostly done. Although there are things to keep an eye on, like Duncan Hunter and like those 10 races that were too close to call involving veterans. A lot of it going on, and we'll keep an eye on it here on Connecting Vets Daily. That brings an end to the Thursday show. We'll see you again tomorrow as we finish off the week with some great pre-Veterans Day content. Have a great day. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t